Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. It's the beginning of the end. Da, da, da. Final season begins. That angers me that he can't fold that pizza. I had the same note. Wait, do you but, not like that part of the movie? Because no, that's, no, that's no, no, the no. movie. No. I thank God every day I know the lyrics to enter the same man. After brutal dumping. No, that sounds terrible. <laughs> after, <laughs> after I took a brutal dump. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us! Our podcast is available on all platforms. The Backlog, 200 episodes for your listening pleasure. What's up? Oh, nothing much, you know. My building's going to be destroyed <laughs> in a couple of weeks, but... You know, what's cool is I've had a couple of trash can alien things. Yeah. Uh, and they're really fixing the place up really they are. Nice, So For no reason. They just kind of show up. I feel like, yeah, I don't know what they are, what their deal is, what their plan is. It might be world domination, but they fix up my diner. So <laughs> what well, the hell? Let's go. This sounds like batteries not included. <laughs> what's that about? 1987's batteries not included. That's part of the synopsis? It's about. <laughs> oh, okay. Frank You're stalling. I am. <laughs> Frank and Faye Riley are an elderly New York City couple living in a depressed part of town. There they run a diner as well as an apartment building. They don't run the apartment well, building. Not quite, but, well, let's be honest. Nobody ever eats in their diner. True. <laughs> not until it gets fixed up. <laughs> Which is home to a poor but friendly group of people. One day, Frank and Faye learn that a property developer wants to sell the apartment. This is a terrible synopsis. When they refuse, their diner is vandalized. However, Frank and Faye are... And their tenants are aided by, they're not their tenants, are aided by mysterious <laughs> flying saucers, which help them repair the diner and fight back. Oh my God. Makes no sense. This synopsis is god off. Batteries not included. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And it has a runtime of 106 <laughs> minutes. Rated PG. Production budget of $25 million. Came out, which I did not know. On December 18th, 1987, a Christmas film, which makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Opening weekend, it did 3.3 million. Domestic, 32.9. International, 32.1 for a worldwide total of $65 million. So not, not that bad. Not too shabby. Uh, production company was Amblin Entertainment and Universal Pictures, and it was distributed by Universal Pictures. So it came out on the 18th of December. It went up against on a wide release. These are the holiday films for 1987. You had Eddie Murphy Raw, Leonard Part 6. Oof. Overboard, the original Overboard. Leonard Part Six. That's what Bill Cosby. You know, you know, you ever saw that? It's like it's just a movie, but there's no part one through five. It's just called Leonard Part Six. Okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not good. It's almost on par with Ghost Dad. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in a limited release, you had Broadcast News, Moonstruck, and Ironweed. So that's that's pretty good. And Eddie Murphy Raw is really funny. What's that? Ironweed? Ironweed. Yeah, that's with Jack Nicholson. Weed. Weed. Ironweed. Do you okay. watch movies? <laughs> the week after the 25th, which is the Christmas holiday for those who celebrate, uh, is a wide release of Empire of the Sun and Broadcast News. It's, it gets a wide release after it's limited and has a limited release on that day of Good Morning Vietnam. Not a bad holiday season. Uh, the week before the December 11th, you had a wide release of Throw Mama from the Train, Wall Street, 
Nuts, and then limited release of Empire of the Sun, obviously, which came out wide on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Cold Steel and The Wild Pair. I mean, I've heard of most of those. Yeah. How have I not heard of Ironweed? It looks cool. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You were born that year, so maybe that's why. Maybe. <laughs> like a mob movie? That's Halloween. What was it? Whatever. You're right. You're right. Do you want to do Ironweed instead of Batteries Not Included? I have to go watch it. If everyone will wait, I'll go watch it. All right. Okay. (laughs) This film is directed by Matthew Robbins, who's done Dragon Slayer, The Legend of Billie Jean, and the episode of Amazing Stories called The Main Attraction. And I bring that up because that is one of the more famous episodes of Amazing Stories. Because what is that, Butler? Which one is that about? You don't know which one? That's the one with the train. That's the one where the two meteors land and he is, he becomes magnetic. And then he meets the girl that also is magnetic and they come together and she's like the nerd and he's the cool kid. That's always the one I remember in amazing stories. What's also funny is this started as an amazing story. Yes. Yes. Listen, if you're going to assert the facts, I I thought you were going from there to there. No, 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 no. I I was going to go through, I was going to go to the 58 people that wrote this and then, (laughs) 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 yes, that's right. There are, Four screenwriters and one person who has a story credit. So I assume that none of these people work together except Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson. I believe they were a team. So this story is from Mick Garris. It was written by Brad Bird, also written by Matthew Robbins, the director, and then written by Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson. So we'll take that for what it's worth. I don't know who did what. I couldn't find any notes on that. As Butler said before, this is, I don't know if you said this last week, right? But this is Brad Bitt's feature film debut. I said that last week. Yep. 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 So Mick Garris, who did the story, has also done Hocus Pocus and The Fly 2. Bird obviously has won two Best Picture nominations for the movie for Best Animated Film for Ratatouille and Best Animated Film for The Incredibles. Obviously, you know, he's also written a ton of other things like Tomorrowland, which is what we did. Mm-hmm. What's the one, What's the recent one he did? He did, uh, recently he did Coco, Toy Story 4. Right, right. Right. He's basically the big Pixar Disney guy. Now he is. Yeah. yeah. But he's Disney in general for yeah. the most part. True. He Ma- almost had Star Wars, but he declined it in place of Tomorrowland. Probably a smart. I love Tomorrowland, so I'll always well, say. He always says, I like his quote about Tomorrowland. Anybody would have done Star Wars. Yes. But only I could. Have, and, only I was going to do Tomorrowland. We need movies like Tomorrowland, but I'll get off that. Uh, I'll get off that pulpit. So Matthew <laughs> Robbins also wrote this. He's done Mimic. Don't be afraid of the dark. An episode we did Butler mm-hmm. and Crimson Peak. He actually writes a lot of uh, Guillermo del Toro stuff or works with Guillermo del Toro on a lot of his scripts. It's a lot of del Toro credits. Uh, Maddock and, and Wilson have done Short Circuit and Tremors, amongst others. You had cinematographer was John McPherson, who has done Just One of the Guys, an episode we did. Jaws the Revenge and Fletch Lives. Composer was James Horner, who has won two Oscar in his illustrious career, one for Titanic, or two actually for Titanic and one for Avatar. I think he won two for Titanic. Maybe that might be wrong. Anyways, edited by Cynthia Scheider, who's done Breaking Away and The Men's Club. Produced by Ronald L. Schwari, who won an Oscar for Ordinary People and was nominated for an Oscar for A Soldier Story. You had Hume Crone as Frank Riley. Uh, he is uh, playing alongside his wife in this film, Jessica Tandy, who plays Faye Riley. So they're married in the film, married in real life. Hey. It works out. Cronin has, uh, Cronin has been in uh, with Seventh Cross, which was nominated for an Oscar. He's also been in Shadow of a Doubt and Cocoon. Tandy was also in Cocoon. She's also won an Oscar for Driving Miss Daisy, and she was nominated for an Oscar for Fried Green Tomatoes. And in case you didn't know, she was also in The Birds. Frank McRae as Harry. Who's in Lockup, Last Action Hero, and License to Kill. Last Action Hero was a movie we did. Elizabeth Pena as Marissa, who's in La Bamba, Tortilla Soup, and another movie we did, Lone Star. Mm-hmm. Michael Carmine as Carlos. He was the gentleman who was trying to get them out of their house in this, uh, out of the tenant building in this film. Uh, he played, he's in, a lot like Raj Julia. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he was in Band of the Hand, Leviathan, and Longtime Companion. 
Uh, Dennis Boutsarakis, Boutsarakis, excuse me, Boutsarakis plays Mason. He's in the TV show Better Call Saul, the movie The Born Legacy, and Money Monster. Tom Aldridge as Sid Hodginson, an intolerable cruelty, and What About Bob? And then you had a couple faces you probably recognize from other stuff. You know, John DeSanti as Gus. You might have seen him in the Star Chamber, which is what we did, uh, and The Relic. John Pankow as Kovacs. You'll probably know him from the TV show Mad About You. He plays their, their neighbor or their friend. He's also in The Secret of My Success, which is an episode we did, but a lot yeah. of episodes we did. Wendy Shaw as Pamela. She's in The Burb. She's in the beginning. She dumps Macy to the beginning, but she's in The Burb. She's Bruce Stern's wife in The Burbs. Okay. Another episode we did, which is actually our very first episode and the movie Inner Space. And then you see the young, young James LeGrow as goon number two. Uh, who was just in uh, Living in Oblivion, which we covered beginning of the season. Do you, yep. Did you see him? Did you notice him in there with I the didn't spiky hair? He's at the spiky hair. He's at the window with him. And then when they, I don't know what to do, they kick the door down when they come in, he yells at him with the megaphone or something like that. He's okay. in his face or something, then he runs off. So yeah, you would notice it really young, really one young. One of the dicks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've both seen this film. Yep. Uh, I've seen this film more than once. Uh, I'm, I hadn't seen this film in a while and don't take this as an indication of the film, but I did fall asleep a couple times, but I might've been tired. It was a long week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious if anything changed for you in this movie. I, oh, let me know. Let me know you, how you viewed this film when you used to watch it. And then, and then after this watch, if anything changed, I had only seen it a couple times when I was younger. There's not a lot of stuff that happens that I think in the robots are cool, but for kids, it's not a story that you can really connect to as a kid. Sure. It's a story about, Older people, for the most part, uh, they're, they're the main draw. Oh, the robots are cute. So I'd watch it a couple times because my mom's a big fan of the movie. It was kind of like, if she wanted to watch it, I'd sure. watch it. Uh, I hadn't seen it since I was really young. Probably not since I was 10 or younger. It all the way through. But recently, like last year when I was over for one of the holidays, my mom was actually watching, had the end of the movie on the TV while she was finishing cooking dinner. Um, so I had recently seen the last maybe half hour or so. So... As a kid, I remember it being a, a cute movie, but didn't remember much of it. And then the last half hour, obviously, I watched last year. I was like, this is like a real nice, feel-good movie. And I think that that's what really comes through is I like this movie. Obviously, this movie is more for adults. Watching this now, I like that it's it sends a nice message. It's a nice movie. Um, it's a feel-good movie. But there, there are definitely, it's not perfect. But for Brad Bird's first movie, I guess it's okay. He, well, he's um, one of four people who wrote it. Right. So it's not really, I mean, I love how that, that, that's a credit, but <laughs> I mean. It's, uh, it's a little messy toward the end. Like it wraps up real quick, but it's already at an hour and 46 minutes. I don't think you want a movie that's that much longer than that. But I, I think it's nice. It, it's a nice, like it said, it came out in December. It's nice to have a movie where the point is just to like be good and feel good. Um, it's a movie that couldn't get made anymore now because you'd have to have some kind of dramatic element of even more violence and and something going wrong. But I, I like the fact that movies like this are kind of a, a product of their time of just like feel good movies. Sure. Um, filled with with nice things that happen to nice people. And, you know, you know, I'm smiling throughout the whole movie going, oh, I like that. That's cute. That's sweet. So I, I like this movie as an adult, but I think that it's built more toward kids. But I think what we're going to find at the end is that I don't think I could get anybody to watch this movie now. Interesting. I think I'd be hard pressed to get anybody to watch this movie. Uh, so your note, well, that you said at the beginning about how this was originally intended to be a story for the amazing story show, the TV show, but Spielberg liked it so much that he wanted for a theatrical release. Right. I didn't, I did not know that. 
Oh, I didn't know that either. Thought uh, about this, yeah. But now that I do know that, it reads like an American. Yes, it story. feels very much like that. Like I feel there's not enough. Um, I've always, I've always liked this film, but I'd never had a reverence for this film like other '80s movies. I was like, ah, sure. oh, but I included '80s. Oh yeah, it's fun. I like, I like seeing Hugh Cronin and Jessica Tandy. I like, I like movies that have older actors from another generation, but they get another. Like you know, like when Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau hit it big with Grumpy Old Men. It's just yeah. great to see that because. There's definitely an ageism in Hollywood where you get to a certain age and just you're, you're not, you know, everyone's looking for the next big thing. Right. One of the things I love about our podcast now that it's coming towards the end, which I'll say for the ending, is that when we do these movies and we get like older actors, I really love going back and seeing what they've done that, you know, like Jessica Tandy and the birds. I guarantee you nobody knows that. Oh, yeah. You know, so and I remember when Cocoon came out, Cocoon was a huge thing. And there are so many older actions from that that in that movie that have so many other credits. It's it's just really nice to see that. But getting back to this, uh, this feels very much like a TV episode. And I think I'm not saying I don't like this film, but I don't really, I don't really feel an affinity toward towards it. Maybe as before, I feel like there's a lot missing. Like I don't remember the aliens when they, they just show up. They just like, they're at the window. Yeah, I could never remember how they appear, and it turns out it's because they just do appear. Yeah, and I actually had to rewind it because I had gotten up to get like a, a soda or something, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Wait, I wasn't up for that long, did I?" I had to rewind it. And be like, oh no, wait, no, yeah. this is what I didn't miss anything. They're just they're just there. <laughs> they just show up, and it's like for a TV episode that makes sense that because you're stories, limited. Yeah, it's not really about that. It's just kind of about the one moment in time in an episode. But for a movie, I need more than that. Yep. I'm not saying I need to know their home planet and they're talking to each other, but I need more. You should know, hey, they come from the stars or they come from a factory. Or, or Yeah. I just need to see a point of order. Or or I need a moment where, like, you, we talk about this before, where you have characters in movies and an introduction to a character or an introduction to an event. Like, it, it's a thing. Like, you get the pan up or something like that on a villain or they walk through some smoke and it's like it's such a nice entrance. Sure. They need that. They're a major Factor, they changed the lives of the people in this building. Yeah, and it's like there's just peeping toms in the window. He's just like, whoop, 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 whoop. this person, this person, this yeah. person, and we're in. Right. And <laughs> the other thing is, they show up because she's, I assume, the female uh, robot or the female flying saucer sure. needs energy. Yeah, but she's not pregnant, so she gets pregnant. At or they're, they're planning on nesting. Yeah, is that is, so? That's the thing. Like I, I don't understand. So I figured they're like birds. Okay. So like birds will find their mate first and then figure out a nest. Yeah. Or some will nest first. Like the males will build a nest and mm -hmm. be like, hey, you like what I built? And then they get the female and then boom. Yeah. Okay. So that's what that, I think. That makes they're sense. Because like they're in the pigeons. Okay. That Then the pigeon coo. Yeah. That makes sense. I think I need maybe that explanation to come from somebody, not Jessica Tanny going, what do you think they're going to do? It's like, okay. I don't need that, Faye. I need, <laughs> I need a real like, oh, I need so, someone to make someone that to connection. Like, hey, they're like birds. Yeah. They're I need someone to like make birds. that yeah. connection. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I think that's my biggest note. It just feels like a television episode. Sure. And I think that it, it needed more and maybe having five writers on it didn't help, but there's a moment when, when Harry opens, he opens a door and they play this song and he's lit. It's a slight downward angle looking up at him and he's lit a different way. And there's this music playing and I'm like, that's amazing stories. That's an amazing story shot right there. Well, there's a lot. So th knowing that when I'm watching it now, I'm like, that's amazing. Story. That's a that's shot. Amazing. Yeah. 
the shot when Mason goes in there and gets shocked and comes out and his hair's all up and it's just like, but that's the thing, like all those little moments the moments when he's jumping in the bread box and like, yeah, it just feels like a television episode big time. And, and like, I can't get that out of my head now. (laughs) And I, especially after that, after I read that note, because I had that note too. And then thinking about before we're going to record, I'm just like, man, it, it is, it really is. And I think that this is one of those movies that if it came out now, I think I would be more critical of it because of that. I would be like, it's a TV episode. This isn't a movie. And I think that because it came out when I was 12 and maybe because I've grown up with it, maybe I'm not being as harsh, but I can't, I can get there. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to out of reverence, but like I can get there because I do feel that really strongly. I think there are like weaker points of this again. Like you wouldn't see this movie now. That's the other thing is like, there are things in this movie I don't think it needs mm-hmm. that, that aren't necessarily things that'd be like, that's not what makes it a TV episode as compared to a movie. But some people would be like, you need that to make it a movie, like harsher stakes or a darker tone or something like that. It's like, that's not what this movie needs. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it needs. It, like elevated up to movie stat, like explanation, obviously where the things came from, but it's like the feel goodness of it would be completely taken out of it. Yeah. But also I don't think amazing stories, which it failed on TV already. Uh, you can't do amazing stories anymore. I, I tell you what, it, it, I think also maybe the struggle is as well as that it's it's struggling between is it are we a kids film or are we an adult film? It, that's that was my problem with it when I was like talking right. about it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of drama behind the whole, like, especially with just take them Frank and Faye. Like you kind of get the idea of what happens, but basically what happens is their son gets into a car accident. He died when he, and he dies. In a car crash. But the last thing that Frank has a huge fight with him before he goes off, and the and the last thing he says to him is in anger, and he goes off, and then he dies. And there is that is so much tremendous guilt for Frank to hold on to that you understand why he's angry, but you right. never really see it until she yells at him on the stairs, and he holds his head in his hands, and she's like, she's like, you've never loved Bobby, and she says that to him. That's why he gets the crazy right. once again. That's the only time you get that. Like I need that. I need more of that. There should be more moments with Frank and Faye and like these creatures need to be here to not fix their building, but to fix them to fix their fractured relationships. Right. Which you don't really right. get. And I don't, I, and, and here's the other thing. I don't like Faye's uh, you, you're, they don't really tell you what's wrong with Faye, but you're supposed to assume she has Alzheimer's or dementia. Yeah. But then I read a note that they're saying that, she got this way after Bobby died because she couldn't accept it. So that's the thing. Oh, They're not really like saying that. that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, but I would rather have the opposite. I'd rather have, there's nothing wrong with Faye, but she's completely depressed. And, and when the, and maybe she's been medicated for most of her life because she's just depressed. And when these creatures show up, it, she doesn't need her medication anymore because she's suddenly found something to live for. Like that's sure. like that. Like, see to me right there, like there's a lot of drama there. And that feels like the movie I want to see. I want to know more about um, Harry and you, the whole thing. They talk about he was a boxer. Harry doesn't get enough screen time at all. Or yeah. Dialogue. But they talk about how he was a boxer. He's like, oh, he said, I hell of a right. Hell of a right. right. But they don't talk about like he got his brain damage. And, and he, that's why he doesn't box him because that's the way the way he is. But like, I want to know more about right. that. I would rather just, he doesn't want to fight anymore. Right. He spent his whole life fighting and he doesn't want. Right. Instead of being like that dumb bumpkin thing, which is almost like a trope back then. Right. And he's almost kind of not because he still fixes the robot and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like the Lenny. He's like, uh, not Lenny. Um, of Mice and Men. That's Lenny. Is that, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like that character. Yeah. And it's like. But he's not. No, I know. I get yeah, that. But no, I get that too. Yeah. 
So I, I like the fact that he's a pacifist. Like, explain that because he's like, hell of a right, hell of a right. Maybe here goes, I, I don't do that anymore. Like, he should be able to, yeah, he should have a, yeah, he should be able to have a conversation, a voice, his, his, yeah, it shouldn't be like, oh my God, he talks, like yeah. that kind of thing. Is, everything else he says, nothing he says is dumb. Like, it's, he just doesn't say it a lot. Like, I don't like, I don't like when he says the title of the movie. When he, oh, no. Better, he says it, like, it twice, but yeah, he it's like, says, mm, yeah. come on. Like, so I think my, my struggle is that I don't think, I think this movie, the potential of this film, if it was an adult film in terms of dramatic for, for adults rather than for kids, I think is some, something I want more now. I think that it's already not for kids. It's not enough for kids. There's so, not enough yeah. in it for kids. So go more into it. I like Jessica Tandy having Alzheimer's. I think that's a sad, but realistic issue that older people have. And it is sad. But also that makes it more dramatic to try to get over something and discuss something that she is trying to hide and her Alzheimer's making worse. But at a time when it comes out, that's when Frank has to actually talk to her about it. But just they yeah. never she storms off and says, you never love Bobby. That's a terrible thing to say to the man who's been taking care of you for 70, 80 years or whatever. To like, you never love like that. You don't know that. And like, he never has a chance to say. I did love Bobby and it hurts me just as much as it hurt you. But you don't get that moment because it's just like now the house is going to be on fire because our robots ran away. And it's just like they need to have these moments, these human moments a little longer to make it a more adult story and still touching and still heartwarming story uh, and focus less on Raj Julia wannabe Carlos and his burning down the building and saying like, I don't like his. I always remembered he had a redemption arc. It's not enough in but this. It's it needs enough. more. It needs it more. Now, it's not enough of a redemption. Well, that's the thing. You need to have, and we always hate to rewrite stuff, but you need to have a second in charge command there mm -hmm. who takes over and becomes the baddie. And then Carlos, Carlos stops, stops him. him. But and, he doesn't or, really stop him. He just gives you a fickle. You want to blow it up? Let's blow it up. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not done. Well. See, that's the thing. Like if this movie's done now, if you're going to make it, but here's the thing, even if it's done now, if you're going to make it for children, there got to be kids in the movie. And there's no kids in the film. Yeah, you've got to have granddaughter, whatever. You have to have children in the film so that they can relate to the to the, the creatures, robots. and the children relate to the children relate to the creatures. You don't have any of that, so that's probably why you don't see this movie didn't do as well. You know, like because well, you don't have like, any kids. Like in I was movie. a kid, I didn't care. Right, I watched it because my mom watched right. it. Now I'm watching it as an adult. I'm like, I like this. Yeah, but you, but we both just sat here and said like, I want we want the adult stories the the, to the backgrounds more, to be fleshed yeah. out more and i think you can do that it's a different film but you can absolutely do that i don't even and, think it's that different it's just a little expanded or a little well, i think maybe because it's shifted. maybe because it's pg and maybe because it's supposed to be for children that i think that you're already going in thinking one thing mm -hmm. and when you get basically elements of a pg-13 film you're kind of you don't know what to think you yeah. don't know what to feel i haven't seen cocoon in probably as long as i've seen batteries not included but Coon tackled some serious issues about yeah. age as well. Yeah. That's what you could do here. Yeah. So that's the thing. Coon is considered a family kids movie. Right. And PG. You could do the same thing. Here. Yeah. No, I, I think this is a big, and I don't know what the directive was. I know that Spielberg produced it. I don't know how actively he was involved with it, but I think the decisions behind the scenes in terms of the story, I think really kind of, it, it, it just kind of affected the movie itself. I don't, is this is this movie that I would watch again with kids? Yeah, sure, of course. But I'm finding it very hard to really get behind it as much as I used to. 
does that is that does that make sense? Yeah, I mean it's it's got its flaws. I still like the message. I still like the feel good of the movie. I like the robots. Mm-hmm. They're still cute. I think Jessica Tandy and um, Hume Cronin. I think they're phenomenal in these roles. Yeah, no, I think I, they're that's why I want more. Uh, so I could definitely watch it still. But yeah, there's just a lot of lost opportunity. It's like, why didn't you focus on that? Or why didn't that? Or like Carlos, it's like, we don't need Carlos then. A redemption arc. If you're going to give him a redemption arc, give him a redemption arc. Not just a five minute thing at the end. Exactly. And from the beginning, Carlos should have liked Faye. He should have always not wanted to hurt her. Yes. Yes. He goes nuts in that diner. Yes. Absolutely insane. He's irredeemable after that point. Yes. And that goes too far. Like harassing the people and they take your money or whatever. That's one thing. Like the rest of it is just like he goes he, too far. He should he can't be redeemed. He should definitely have an affinity for Faye. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because like he can't be a monster and then have and then have some kind of just t- tossed away redemption at the end of five minutes without like he needs to answer for how he treated her. Right. How he was. I mean, he's breaking into these people's homes. He's just he's just walking in. The other thing is the robots are supposed to be what fixes everything in the movie right quote unquote fixes yeah they need to fix carlos carlos needs to fall in love with the robots of course carlos needs to feel bad for murdering the one robot and help nurse that robot back to health or yep. something yeah and that's what makes carlos a better person yes but instead he just murders it and then he has nothing to do with the robots mm-hmm. which i don't like either no i it's again it's just it's i think there's a lot of things that left on the table here that we could have addressed. You also and, get a nude painting um, for uh, oh, right. Elizabeth Pena. But it's art. In a PG movie. It's art. I, I don't think that's very appropriate. Well, listen, you saw Sex and Titanic. You saw nudity there. It was PG-13. It's true. It's art. Artful nudes. It's art. <laughs> it's for art's sake. Art's for art's sake. I took artistic license. <laughs> Did you, I? Now, I heard this and I didn't. I was like, that? I, there was a moment in the movie where there's music. And I was like, that sounds very familiar. And I didn't realize until I saw the note that pieces of the music in this were used in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, really? Yes. And I think it's in the kitchen scene when the when they're first going around. Do, 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 do. I'm like, that sounds really familiar. What's that from? And that's from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Okay. Because I thought some of the music might have been from Amazing Stories. Uh, well, I'm sure it's uh, the same. Like, you know, everyone's. Yeah. 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 Okay. So did you see the note about the horror film that had to change its title? Did you see that note? No. So this movie was called Batteries Not Included, but there was a horror film that was also called Batteries Not Included, but it had to change its name because, because of the film and it changed its name to Child's Play. <laughs> so oh, I think I so, yeah. did know that. So Child's Play used to be called Batteries Not Included, which it's probably good that it's called Child's Play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that, I thought that was a, I really like that note. So uh, I'm glad you didn't see it yet. So I'm glad I could able to tell you. I can't believe it. I missed that note. That's all right. That's that's why I'm here for the facts and the it's notes. Right there, it's right there on the top. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the uh, that the Sunday before its theatrical release that the movie theaters as a promotion offered free admission to the shows? Like they say, they gave free tickets on that Sunday for the movie. I saw an advance showing. Like, do you remember ever doing that? I know that we've done that, but you had to sign up. We've done like the super advanced showings. They're like a week or two before the movie comes out. Well, what are those? What were those called? The CC something. Yeah. Remember the special Tuesday shows that they overbooked constantly? We had to add theaters. Add two, add one, add two, add three. Yeah. It's like, but you have to get your opinion. What do you think? It was good. All right. I'll email them if they like it. Yeah. Uh, well, now I'm, I'm not at the theater anymore, but uh, I made all those up. Oh, so, so did I. Yeah. 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 I, I made I made those people up. I, I didn't take any interviews. I got time for that. I did. Uh, there was one time I was cleaning theaters and somebody walked out. I was like, what did you think of it? I really liked it. 
That's my quote then. Yeah. Oh no, I made those quotes up. Yeah. Seventy percent of the people said I really like that. Yeah. I mean, I knew what they were gonna. No one, no one, no one says anything worthy of anything. They, they don't even care. Yeah. It's a free movie. No yeah. one's gonna. Know exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They didn't pay money for it. <laughs> <laughs> so back to this film. I cannot believe that woman wouldn't take it because they had terracotta that she wouldn't put it under uh, the, the, when, she, when Mason brings the woman for the preservation society and he's oh, like, right. look at the terracotta. Look at it. I'm just like, what? All right, calm down. <laughs> no one wants this. It's got to be at least a little redeemable. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a fan of the photoshopped pics. Oh, that's my first. It's badly photoshopped intro. Terrible. Like it's just, it's, it looks awful. I always say I don't like intros as it is. I mm-hmm. don't like long intros. Show me the words as as actions happening. I hate intros where nothing's going on. Well, we talked about that. We've talked about. I I always remember the Rain of Fire episode we did where the intro was explaining the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Even the the Coen Brothers movie we just did. Uh, Miller's Crossing. Miller's Crossing. I hate that. I I just don't like. As when I was younger, I didn't mind, but now that I'm older. Get the point. Nah, put see, credits on top of put like presented by, and then have like the 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 paper boy throwing the newspaper, and your main character coming out of the house and going picking up the paper, well, and like start introducing. For the, the longest time, Spielberg's movies have credit sequence or opening I credit sequence. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind them because I think I and I said this at the Miller's Crossing episode. Some movies like that, like those type of films, dramas, or even like big big action, not big action, big adventure films. Like I need, I need to sit there. And get ready for it. I need to like get into the movie. It's kind of like when you go to the theater and they play, they're playing the music and the refrain before you get into it. I, I need that because I, because uh, like so you said, Indiana Jones puts the credits over the action. Let's just go. Fine. But like the um, last week's episode, we did, what did we do? Spanish prisoner. <laughs> so when this, and I didn't say this last week, but when the Spanish prisoner starts, I'm, I was lost for the first five, 10 minutes because it was like, they were just into the mammoth speak and they were just talking. Right. And it was like, I don't know what's happening. Who's who, what's, what's going on? What, <laughs> what, what, what's the process? Like I could just, it was just, cause it just started. I don't so, think I need a 10 minute opening. Some, of like but I, some doesn't 10 minutes, do it's like, they're like four or five. Yeah, it's like, just like, I'm bored. Let's go. No, not at all. <laughs> I don't want to watch badly pasted faces on these <laughs> well, like old subway. How did we get on this topic? <laughs> The bad Photoshop. Picture. Oh, the Photoshop. Yeah, no, I don't. I just don't like the Photoshop pics because they look fake. They look so like there's one part. There was one pic where like Cronin's face is like too big for the pee person. That's like, that's not even I was him. like, that's a big head. <laughs> I love, I love when they're uh, they they go to the police to complain. Like, what are we gonna do? What neighborhood? It's like <laughs> do your job. You're a really bad cop. I know. I mean, like you, they're right there. They're not even hiding. Like, they're just gonna get released again. You know, the rich guy's just gonna release him again. He's gonna have eighteen witnesses. It says otherwise. Yeah. There's an completely destroyed diner right there. That's all the evidence you need. Well, also, like the money they're giving him in the envelope is like not a lot because you they're like I when they had single dollar bills on a kitchen table, like twenties and so it's like that should be like you know ten grand. We're taking this. We're going to live in our retirement home. Are you only planning on living a few months? And this this movie wouldn't work now too because it would just eminent domain. So they wouldn't, they oh, could you just, can't kick him out. Yeah. yeah, no, they would just be able to, they would just kick him out. They would be like, we were taking oh, we this. Bought it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. This- oh, but they didn't buy it. No, but I'm saying that if the town, if the city, if they oh, petitioned the city like, and said like, you know, we're, we, we need this property. You need to kick him out. They would just take it and they would give them the, you're, you're leaving. Here's the money. Go like that. Right. So this movie now wouldn't happen because they would just be in the domain and they'd be gone. Well, that's what I was thinking. That's why I thought that Mason, like when it started, I thought he'd have more to do with the historical society preserving it and saying you can't touch this building right now. right well you don't get that i'm sure that's what happened after they fixed it up 
but you don't get that. And you don't get a lot of, you get some Mason and uh, uh, Marissa, right? Yeah. Yes. You get some Mason and Marissa stuff. I don't, I, again, I think you need more. I, I like that you have that kind of like romantic element in the building. Sure. But you, I think it needs to be more. It's a little too quick. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Every, everything's too quick. I mean, Harry Noble clearly has CTE, but we're not going to talk about that. He, We're just going to turn it. We're going to make him into a dumb bumpkin. Right. Ooh, like that kind of thing. And then Mason like is drunk and that exact same night he sobers up immediately. He's, <laughs> I know. he's completely trash and he's just like, must be Carlos. Let's go. Well, I always love the movies when the character's drunk and they're like, let's get some coffee into you to sober you up. And then like yeah. the next scene you see him, they're fine. It's like, that's uh, not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the them needing to get juiced up thing is very like with the robots. Like I don't get how often they need it or when know. they need it. She just needed it. He didn't. She just the other it, dude, the, the kids the, get juiced up a couple of times, like just sitting on the thing going, yeah, getting electrocuted yeah. on the side in uh, Times Square. Yeah. And then they attack Frank <laughs> for no reason. It's like, you know, it was the other guy. Yeah. I, been there. You, I, saw I, you cleaned up his mess. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, like the more we talk about it, the more I'm just kind of like down on this film. And I, I feel bad <laughs> because I feel like I'm hurting people's souls and, and their eighties, you know, the fond memories, but sometimes movies just don't hold up. And sometimes movies just don't, they, I just think there's a lot of lost potential in this film. I agree. I mean, I still like the movie. I, I think you're a little more down on it than I, I just don't know if I'd watch it again, but I still, I would still watch the movie again. I still like it. I think it's got a lot of heart, but I do think it's an incredibly flawed movie. This movie comes. You're, you're. There's a better movie in there. This movie comes well, out as a 4K Blu-ray restoration. You're running to get it. No, but I don't really get a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, this one was like, hey, let's watch this. And I was like, hey, let's watch Batters. Like, oh, I'll watch it with her. I'll right. Watch it. It's not a bad movie. I just. Uh, it's still it's, a feel-good movie. You're right. It's not a bad movie. It's not a good movie either. But there's also very few movies like this that are feel good movies. But you can't that aren't keep... so sappy that it makes me want to vomit. But there's plenty of movies like this in that time. See, that's the thing. I get it. What you're saying, like in terms of now, back then. But there's plenty of films back in the '80s that are better than this. Uh, that are like this. That, that have that, that feeling. This feel good. That don't make me want to vomit. I, I I got you. I, I understand. If you're comparing it to movies now. Correct. Yes. What movies from the 80s are like this in terms of their message and their. Well, really this exact attitude? message or a happy message? Like a happy, but like also just happy throughout, kind of. E.T. E.T. Yeah. Okay. Close Encounters. Mm, Close Encounters. Spielberg. Kind of dark, Spielberg though, yeah. films. Any, anything Hot that's. Jaws. <laughs> well, kid, kid Spielberg films. But even Close Encounters gets pretty dark because, you know, everybody leaves. Uh, what's this? Goonies. Dreyfus' character. I was never a big Goonies fan, but yeah, Goonies is okay. You don't have to. You told me to give you examples. Yeah. You don't have to be no, fan I, I of agree. it. Yeah, uh, Mac and me. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Short circuit. Short circuit. Yeah. If, well, one of the guys. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I'm trying to throw it out there. Yeah, That's what reminded me. Short circuit. When you uh, said that. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I mean, I've just given you a bunch. I'm gonna give you more. Oh, that's good. Okay, good. Oof, thank God. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying to give you movies that aren't animated movies. That's why. Well, that's the thing. It's like the live action, but not sappy. That have like a little bit of like a amazing stories kind of bent to sure. it. Sure. Like, I can't. Well, here's the thing, but I can't give you that now. I couldn't tell you what. Exactly. I'm trying to think of like something that. What's the one that came out that Adam Driver was in with a kid? Midnight or something like the kid. Oh, Midnight. Not Midnight Run. Is it Midnight Run? No, Midnight, midnight Run. Sky? 
something like that. Remember, yeah. you know what I'm talking oh, about, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, there's there was that movie. It's also got a little darkness to it as well. Like, there's always like the the bad guy is like you really bad. Flood of the Navigator. There you go. That's 80s too, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm giving oh, trying. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just coming out now. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like. I, I understand what you're saying in terms of like compared to now. Absolutely. There isn't enough. There isn't a lot. And there should be. We just did a movie a couple of weeks ago, The Astronaut Farmer, where that was kind of like that. Is that is true. You know the what I mean? The Astronaut Farmer is probably one of the rare examples of a movie like that. It's right. not like hits you over the head with sappiness. Right. Vomit, like but too much. I agree with you. They are very few and far between now. There are definitely more back in the 80s and probably the 90s where you kind of start losing it. And then you get right. now, no. But I think it's cyclical. They'll come back. There's always there's that those type of stories will come back. I hope. I mean, unless I got to do them. But. After phase phase thirty three. Well, I, I listen. I don't. Again, <laughs> we've had this Marvel discussion before. Yes, we only have a few episodes left for me. To Marvel has definitely Marvel. changed. You <laughs> changed what the expectation is at the box office, not for audience, for executives, for studio. So they're definitely chasing the temple money. Yeah, chasing that Marvel Absolutely. Tale. Absolutely. It's going to take a studio that's going to be like, you know what? We are not, uh, it's going to take a studio that we are not a big studio. We're not going to do temple films. We are going to do films that are like films that we all grew up with. It's going to take a studio to do that. Listen, we just read, I just read an article when we were recording this about Matt Damon and Ben Affleck starting a studio. Sure. Maybe they're the guys. That's great. Maybe you're and, the guys. And, but, guys. but those are the movies. Those are the films that get me hyped up. I love those films. The films sure. that I'm like, they're just solid films. They're made for $20 million. They got great people in them. And they're just, it's a good story. That's all at the end of the day. That's all I want to be told. I re and again, I'm not a comic book fan, so I really can't relate to the Marvel stuff as much right. as a lot of other people do. But like, let's just, let's just put it right now. We are doing this episode in December this week. The Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny trailer just came out, came out right. the same day as the guardians of the galaxy three trailer. And the Transformers trailer. And an Ant-Man trailer. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't even watch the Ant-Man trailer. But <laughs> well, like, I, thought, I thought Disney did that. Obviously, movie. you know, obviously we're both huge Indiana Jones fans. And, we, you know, we're probably crying while we're watching it. I, I, it's I, a I did. It's I a did. great <laughs> It's a great trailer because it's just so reminiscent of those type of films. We right. love those films. Butler's always talking about, I want an adventure film. Where is the next adventure film? We're getting one. Yep. But I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer and I was like, what is this? I don't, I don't care about any of this. Yeah, I don't like any of it. I mean- I told, I talked to yet another MCU podcast, Pat, which we're friends who are right. friends with African entertainment partners and friends and whatever colleagues and whatever. And he was like interested in the, the raccoon backstory, the oh, I'm sure, rocket I'm stuff. I'm sure I'll, I'll Great. like that when I watch Fine. it. But the trailer, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is none of this is funny. And none of this really interests me. I'm sure I'll, I like Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. I'm sure I'll love it when it comes out. But yeah, that, I'm know. talking just a trailer of, the, of the trailer. trailer. Yeah. Right. And you're right. It's of the, it's more of the same. It's the, it's another Marvel movie. And it's like, that's uh, fine. That's great. I'm glad it's out there, but there's no, there's no, like, there's no excitement level there for me. The thing is, if you told me, Hey, we're going to release a new batteries, not included movie. I'd be like, all right, I'm interested. Yeah. So I'd be like, what are you going to change that fix this? Yeah. But improve. Choose what you want. But here's that. the thing. My first question would be like, well, are you a kid's film or are you a drama for adults? You right. know what I mean? With, with that's kind of like, are you like, maybe not a drama, but maybe you were like a, Kind of like that, a feel good adult film, like a right. Ted Lasso type thing. Sure. Are you, which which type of film are you? Because yeah, you know which type of it. film you are before you say you're going to do this. Yeah, no, I would find. I think it would. I don't mind a remake. I don't mind oh, a remake. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But I'm saying I would be more excited about that than a Marvel film. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, well, that's true of anything, man. I'd be more <laughs> excited about anything than a Marvel film. Sorry, sorry, Marvel. Except for Blade. Do Blade right though. No, they canceled <laughs> it. 
No, they're re- redoing it. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I I'll wait for phase eight. <laughs> All right. So then, uh, I mean, who are we suggesting this film to? Um, anybody who likes feel good movies, anyone who likes movies from the eighties that have a reverence for this kind of thing. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people like batteries not included and know of it. Uh, a lot of people know a battery is not included, but I don't know if a lot of people like my age have seen it. I know Elise had seen it before and she was kind of watching it with me as I was watching it. Um, she was laughing along and, and stuff like that. She enjoyed it. But I feel like there's a lot of other people that just watched kind of, they watched DT and they watched, I don't even think a lot of people my age have watched Close Encounters, honestly. Close Encounters is an amazing film. Um, but like, they need, like, I think they would like this film because there's a nostalgic that was also attached to it that they might not, like, it's always nice to watch like a 90s film. Like I talked about one of the our favorite things I've watched on this podcast was, was Strange Days. So it's like a 1990s, like post-apocalyptic future. Like that's the kind of genre I liked and I had never seen it before. So like it still had that nostalgia without me knowing what was going to happen. Sure. And I think that would really help people like not help. But I think that would excite people who like, I like these kind of things. I remember watching these kind of things when I was a kid, but I've never seen batteries not included and it's not as crappy as Mac and me. So it's like, you're not going to be like, <laughs> what did you make me want? <laughs> like, it's not like that. You're going to watch it and be like, I liked it. it was a nice movie. It's a nice message. The robots were cute. You know, it was a good time and it's not long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like, I don't think your kids would like this. Cause I don't think, it, I don't know. They might, it's not a lot going. There's not enough funny robot stuff. I think if they caught it, uh, if I'm watching it, maybe they caught it when the robots were on. Yeah. I think if they're watching it from the start, they might, they might lose. Yeah. They're going to doze off. Yeah. The robots don't come for like 20 minutes mm-hmm. or so. Yeah. So and they it might, gets, it gets kind of dark when he goes messing up the rest. Yeah. Of and then there's, and then the robots are there and then you're just kind of like, it kind of just plateaus a little bit. There's a little, there's some second act issues there that you're right. just kind of like, can you get to it? And then, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I, 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 so, I mean, I guess, is that why we're well? Let me hold on before you say why it's forgotten. Let me give you, <laughs> let me give you because I did take down um, a couple of reviews. Yes, well, Siskel and Ebert. So Siskel describes this film as a, a comic book with the best pages torn out and accused the film of having forced warmth. Well, I don't know if that's forced warmth. I think it has warmth built into it. I I don't know about that. I do agree with comic book with pages taken out of it because, yeah. like we say, there's just like stuff just happens. Yeah. And like the movie just ends. So I agree with that part. I don't e- know about the force warmth. I think the warmth is very genuine. And I like the warmth. Well, Ebert defended it saying it had a lot of good feeling in it and it had a few nice laughs. It had a few interesting special effects and it's better than most of the stuff out there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'd have to go through like what came out in 87, but like in terms of like better than like what better than like movies like this or better than well, all movies. That's the thing is like you were naming a bunch of movies and it's like none of them were feel good kind of movies. Well, they were also 87, but like 87 is like dirty dancing. And you know, like stuff like that. Like sure. that's eighty seven. Um, what else is eighty seven? Red Dawn's not eighty seven. It's uh, is it eighty seven? I mean, I mean, I think you need to compare it with kids' films, not with any film that came out in eighty seven. So sure, yeah, yeah. Not gonna be like, it's not as good as Die Hard, right? Right. <laughs> so I mean, I guess why are we saying this is forgotten? Because it's a a Christmas film. I think you named a bunch of movies that are similar but better. I think mm-hmm. you proved. I don't know if you prove me wrong or just like, no, I'm you, not trying you established to the point is yeah. like ET close encounters, Goonies. These films have transcended, you know, the test of time pretty much and are better than this film in, in a lot of different ways. And cocoon, um, which like I said, I barely remember, but I do remember it got a little more into the old age kind of stuff. Like 
this movie doesn't know what it is, and I think that hurts it. I think it needs more robot stuff. <laughs> and I think it needs more adult stuff. Because I think even the adults would like the robot stuff. But I also agree with you that if you want to make it more toward kids, you need a little less adult stuff maybe. Or still maybe more, but you need a kid in there. You need to connect the children. Because the whole thing is about connecting to your audience. Your audience is older people or adults that are fearing their old age or just understand that now. Whereas a kid does not understand the themes in this movie at all. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it goes by the wayside. Because as a kid, I never wanted to watch this movie. I don't understand the woman... You know, grieving the loss of her son and suffering with her? from Alzheimer's. Yeah. yeah, it makes confuses me and just kind of upsets me. I don't and I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's maybe why it fell by the wayside. Which ET you can watch with anybody at any time. Well, here's the other thing too, because I I wanted to go into you just looked up eighty seven. I wanted to look up when it came out the weekend of the eighteenth because when I'm looking at the other movies that are out there, it's the only kids film. You think it would have done better? Because it's really like, oh, what are we going to see for children? And I guess, I don't know if it came out this week, but you have, no, this is in its fourth week. And it's the number two movie on, behind Eddie Murphy Raw that, that is probably its competition. And that's Three Men and a Baby. And Three Men and a oh, Baby yeah. is a huge film because its total gross is $44 million, even though, well, $44 million at that time. Three, million, three Men and a Baby made $167 million, uh, domestically. So I think that's probably where a lot of people went to. And it's a good, it's a better film. The better is not included. I'm going to say that because I wanted to see like, okay, well, why is it not performing? And that's, that, that right. was the movie that came out. It's, that was its second. Cause they only premiered fourth. It's opening weekend. That's better is not included. It got beat out by Eddie Murphy, raw three men and a baby and throw mama from the train. Mm -hmm. So I think, th I think that's uh, probably, I think maybe what we're voicing is probably what a lot of people were, were kind of, sensing subconsciously when they watch this film, like maybe because it doesn't know it teeters between kids movies and adult, like, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Maybe that's like, Oh, I like it. It's cute. The, the, the creatures are cute, but everything else is like, it's fine. Like, and maybe we're kind of giving voice to that a little bit. Well, there's also, we talked about, I don't remember. I think it might've been a forgotten horror movie where I talked about how something feels like a twilight zone episode. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's incomplete, and that's okay for, like you say, this movie's kind of incomplete, like where the thing can sure. come from. And that's okay in the Twilight Zone episode because it's short. Mm -hmm. It's a scene. It's like a short film. Yeah. Yeah. It's not okay in a movie that's this. Yeah, this I think, blank. yeah, it's a film. It needs more. I Absolutely. don't know where these aliens, maybe? Uh, you know, it's funny, too. Not I don't know where these things came from. I don't know what they are, and I don't know where they went. Not to cut you off, but I was just going, so the week of Christmas, Three Men and a Baby is number one. So it even got even bigger. It, again. It, it, one, it's been it's number one. Like, well, move. It keeps it keeps being number one each week I go. It, it only got beat out when Good Morning Vietnam went wide, and that's on January fifteenth, <laughs> and it went Man. to number two. So I don't think it had a chance. <laughs> Batteries on a clue just didn't match up with this stuff. But yeah, everything you're saying I agree with, and I think I should have went back and seen. So I think what we're talking about, and I think the fact that Three Men and a Baby is a better alternative, I think that probably hurt it as well. Sure. So I feel bad because I feel like I, I feel like I should be like, oh, batteries unincluded. It's an 80s. Film. Oh, it's so good. I feel really bad that I'm not like hyped up about it more. I like it. I mean, I think that the things that are an issue with you are kind of ruining the movie. But I think that the theme and message of the movie and like the overall cuteness, I guess, help it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, everything we're saying is 
is a valid point. Yeah. I don't think it makes it a bad movie. I think it makes it an incomplete movie or a yes. movie that could be that is rife for improvement. If this was an episode of Amazing Stories, I'd like it more. Yes. That's probably the best thing to say. I'd probably would like it more if it was a short film or it was an episode. I think because it's a feature, the expectation is more. So I think that's probably where it falters for me. Where can they find us? You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video content we have for you. Uh, Give those a like and a listen and a watch. uh, All that good stuff. And you're listening to us. Have you liked our podcast yet? Have you liked this episode or this page or subscribed or left a comment or uh, subscription or whatever? Go ahead and do that. It all helps the podcast grow. Nice. Join us next week where we're seeing a movie that Butler never saw. Uh, the Coen Brothers, 1994 film, The Hudsucker Proxy. Never saw it. A Coen Brothers comedy uh, with Paul Newman, Tim Robbins. I love this film, so I hope you do too. If you don't, do I'm, you like Tim Robbins and Paul Newman? I, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, this movie made, made no money. I don't know about these <laughs> Coen Brothers, though. Oh boy, that's an issue. That's an issue. As we're, we're rounding, coming towards the end of season 16 and the end of the Forgotten Cinema podcast. All right, everyone. Have a great week. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Batteries not included. (laughs) Uh. (laughs)